You know AM570 LA Sports is the Dodger station, but did you know this season, we stream every single moment of the game on the iHeartRadio app. Just search AM570 LA Sports and be sure not to miss a moment. Portions of the following program were pre-recorded. AM570 KLAC, 98.7 KYSR, HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM570 in LA Sports Icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Pete. Pete. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on AM570LASports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. All right, let's go. Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Big three-hour show today, and we've got a ton of stuff to get to. But off the top, Rodney, in yes. the tease, I told you about just something that just happened. This is the craziest baseball play I think I've ever seen. It's the Cubs and the Pirates. Javi Baez, I believe, is at the plate for the Cubs. And Chicago has a runner on second base. So Baez, it's a ground ball to third. The third baseman picks up the ball, and he throws it to first. But the throw is off the bag. Now, this is important to remember. So the Pittsburgh first baseman comes off the bag to field the ball. Remember, the Cubs had a run around second. For whatever reason, Baez starts to mess with the Pirates defensively. And instead of just running to first base, he runs back toward home. So Baez gets himself in a rundown between home and first base. When he does that, the pirate first baseman forgets that he's supposed to step on the base and starts chasing Baez, which allows the runner from second to come all the way around and score. And then it got worse from there. Listen. That wasn't it. (laughs) Baez hits it on the ground to third. Gonzalez. Oh my goodness! Wow! You gotta be kidding me! You've gotta be kidding me! They stole a run! You have gotta be kidding me! Javi Baez! Keep going! Go! Go! You're invisible! El Mago indeed! That is unbelievable! That is incredible! Okay, so after Baez gets caught in the rundown and the Cubs score, Baez starts running to first base. The problem is there's nobody at first base from the Pirates. They've never tagged him. They throw the ball in the right field, and Baez keeps running. It was the most amazing thing. It's like the Pirates forgot how to play baseball, and they took a shot of Anthony Rizzo in the Cubs dugout, Rodney, and he's laughing yeah. hysterically. Yeah. Yeah, this is, that's, a, that's a play you don't see... 12-year-old Little League, they don't make that play. I mean, it's just ridiculous how, uh, first of all, the first baseman, yes, he got pulled off the bag, but why? And, and, and on top of that, I guess, what, a, what a smart play by Javi. It never probably never works, but what a smart play for him. He had nothing to lose. Like, why am I just going to run into a tag? I stop, and I'll go back and get a rundown. Maybe something crazy will happen. Well, something crazy happened. <laughs> so nonchalant 
he's got to be he's facing home plate so he's got to be able to see the runner continue to run he's got to be able to see that and then he nonchalant throws it to home plate and the runner's safe at home i mean okay you're you're running down you could have stepped on on the back i forgot was it two outs or one out it was only the two outs there two Kevin, outs. Or was it one it was it was two outs yeah just step on the bag just run back step on the bag run back step on the bag but but then nonchalant it to home plate for the catcher that has no chance to tag the guy out. But like I'm saying, he's got to be able to see the – okay, the runner's running from third. Okay, I can't get Javi, but I'm definitely going to get this guy. And he waits too long to get it, and then, like you said, it became the Keystone Cops after that. Catcher throws it into right field. Javi gets to second base. Unbelievable play that you probably will never see in Major League Baseball again. You know, you got to check it out. Check it out on Twitter. Find oh. it. it. It was just tremendous. Yes. You Whenever about- you're a little, if you're a little league coach out there and your kids kind of throw the ball all over the field and you get upset and frustrated, put on that tape and just show, hey, major leaguers do it too. Oh, man, that was the best. All right. Uh, Lakers and Phoenix tonight, game three, Staples Center. Of course, Phoenix basically sold out. Because in Arizona, in Tennessee, in Florida. There was no pandemic. In Texas, there's no <laughs> pandemic. There was no pandemic ever. Yeah. Everybody did whatever they wanted. And uh, that crowd was raucous. That crowd was crazy. There'll be 7,500 tonight at Staples Center. Uh, I don't know if it can match the intensity of what happened in Phoenix because there were two times that many people. But I'm sure it's going to be loud, Rodney. It's going to be loud. The just, just the atmosphere alone with with people in the crowd at Staples is going to be great. Staples is a, obviously a great great arena for the Lakers to, to to play in for other teams to come play. Uh the atmosphere alone without fans is it's incredible. When you throw fans in there it's great and Laker fans, you know, that place is it it rocks no matter what time of year of the season it is for the Lakers and and now that it's playoff time, I don't care if it's 7500 or 75,000, it's going to be you're going to hear the impact of the crowd being there tonight. I like the Lakers tonight. I think they come out and they do what they did. We don't know if Chris Paul is going to play. If he does, how effective he'll be. I think that's fair to say. I don't know if, you know, 48 hours is enough for him to heal up completely and get out there and be Chris Paul. You know, if he can drag his arm, he's going to be out there. Yeah, but that's the thing. Um, How effective will he be? And then where's that fine line of, his presence on the court outweighs him being a hundred percent. We we heard you know Monty Williams talk about he just had to pull him in the last game because as much as he wanted to play and as much as a presence Chris Paul is and the leader that he is and having him on the court is an inspiration to his guys. He was just he was not effective with that shoulder and not being able to use his right arm, so he had to pull him out of the game. And you wonder, you know, what's the case going to be tonight? and how effective he will be because Chris Paul, for them to win, they need Chris Paul to be Chris Paul. They need him to score. They need him to handle the ball, create for other guys. And if it's a, and if that's a problem, then then it's going to be a big problem for the Suns. I said that yesterday. I think that they should rest him tonight, to be honest with you. I think they'd let him get till Sunday and then play the game on Sunday uh, with, with more rest, more treatment because if he plays tonight – is for again 48 hours as you mentioned is not enough time for the way he felt two days ago not going to change dramatically in 48 hours so sit him tonight let him play on sunday because if he re-injures it which is a 
highly likely playing in a game that's that was we saw physical in game two is in that game then they may lose him for the rest of the series uh we're gonna have chris broussard on the show today and also uh our buddy bill orm our insider both will be on during the one and two o'clock hours and we'll get more into the game now here's an update on staples center you know when they build an arena and because i am relocation rogan and i understand this stuff like yes you are back of my hand this, I don't know a lot, but I sure know how this works. Usually at 20 years, <laughs> it's time for a new arena. I mean, I can think of the Atlanta Braves. In my lifetime, they've played in three different stadiums. Three. In my lifetime. Every 20 years, they have a new arena. They have a new stadium. Okay. So, yeah. Didn't Fulton County last a long time? Yeah. Okay, the that was Fulton the beginning. Fulton County Stadium in Atlanta? Yeah. Yeah. And then there was the that one. That was a long, they last, that lasted a long time. Right. Then they did the one with the. Uh, the Olympic Stadium, right? They when moved to Turner Field or yeah, Turner, Turner Field, and now yeah. they're at uh, Sun Life or Sun, whatever it is. There's three of them. Yeah, and you know, sadly, I've been alive long enough to go to all of them. I was in all of them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so every twenty years, well, I have two, Fred. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I played in that old Fulton County Stadium in Atlanta. Did you against the Falcons? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like in 80, 89. Oh, 90. yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. it. Old, that's when they used to have, uh, base, you know, the baseball converted football baseball stadiums. Yeah. That was one of them. Well, they were all that way. Yeah. They right. were. Yeah, they right. were all like that. <laughs> and sadly, Oakland still can maintain that <laughs> until, they left, until they left for Vegas. Unbelievable. Yeah, there were a lot of them that way. It was always fun to get hit on the mound, that was wasn't crazy. it? You go back to pass. Oh, jeez. And the worst is uh, my four years in Philadelphia playing at the vet with that stadium that was baseball for the Phillies and and football for the Eagles. At least at the other ones, like in Oakland and and some of the other ones with even the the Atlanta one, the grass would grow in midseason when baseball was over, so it turned into being something nice. But for the artificial turf ones like Philadelphia, Cincinnati was another one. There were it, it became uneven because they put big, you know, it's like a jigsaw puzzle with the turf that they put in and took the dirt out, and and it would be uneven, which is why you saw so many injuries in Philadelphia. In fact, I had a major injury in Philadelphia. I remember one guy from Bears tore both his patella tendons on the same play in the same area that multiple injuries happened in Philadelphia. So it was just a nightmare to play in those type of stadiums. But yeah, I I I remember all three of those in Atlanta. Okay. But I digress, but go ahead. No, Fred. no. I'm wondering, did the Players Association ever say, hey, guys are breaking their legs, they're they're ripping their patella tendons? Oh, it became a new part of the, you know, we, we complain, and I, we, we still do, because I think it's a, a joke how the players in football don't lo- use their leverage like the baseball and basketball guys do when it comes time for a new collective bargaining agreement. It's just, it's really pathetic the way football, the Players Association is. It's handled, run, the whole nine. But eventually, they got it fixed where there had to be standards into the contract for every single game. I don't know if you remember in Houston, the turf had rolled up one time right before the game in warm-ups, and they had to cancel the game. And then soon after that, there was a new agreement that the, the every stadium had to be up to standards before you could play in it. Um, but, yeah, a lot of guys would get hurt. It, it, it was – it's just it's a shame because a lot of guys' careers were over, and some of those stadiums were uneven turf – you know, we're, we're laid down, laid down, and I'm surprised there's not even more 
more and more lawsuits that that have come about since guys have had played in those type of stadiums. All right. So anyway, about Staples Center now. That's how we got started. So Staples Center <laughs> is about no, because we teased it. We got to do it. Otherwise, I'd move on. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Got to do it. Uh, Staples Center is about yeah. expiration. Why, is Kevin point. giving you a look? Well, he just said, Kevin giving you a look. He just gave me the side eye. Uh, he did. <laughs> <laughs> and this time, by the way. It's on you. It's not even me. <laughs> it's on me. I did. I did. I rambled. I rambled to the playing days of old. I'm sorry. No, you, actually, you didn't ramble. You told good stories, but it's on you. Thank you. <laughs> so, Staples uh, Center is about its, its expiration point. And, what it, and why? Okay, because things change in a 20, 25-year period. Everything changes. And you want to be the most current, the most modern. Steve Ballmer's building a new arena in Inglewood. That's going to be unbelievable. State-of-the-art. Brand new. Very much like Staples Center was when it was built. So, what you have is the Lakers, in essence, playing in an archaic building. Don't mean to be disrespectful, but let's just call it the way it will be. It will be an older building. It will not have a lot of new yeah. things in it. It's still a great place. So, what AEG decided to do, they're going to spend a billion dollars and renovate the inside. Renovate the inside of Staples Center. And turn it into... Something unbelievable. It's always been great. Now it's going to be greater. A billion dollars. And in doing so, the Lakers have agreed to extend their lease to 2041. Now, I know there was some talk some years ago about, well, Jeannie Buss had a conversation with Irving Azoff. Maybe they would knock the forum down, which Steve Ballmer now owns, and move to Inglewood. That was never going to happen. That was never going to happen. And another reason why the Lakers really weren't going to leave Staples Center is because Phil Anschutz, who owns AEG, I think owns mm-hmm. 27% of the Lakers. So he owns the building, and he's a part owner of the Lakers. I don't think he's going to let them take the team out of there because they can't go unless he signs off on it. So he's going to invest in it. And the other side of this was there was some talk, um, I don't know, maybe two, three years ago, that AEG, so that owns, AEG owns the King, Staples Center, the Galaxy, LA Live, they might just bail and sell the whole thing and get out. They tried to. Well, they talked they about it. To. They talked about it. Yeah, yeah. It was some years ago. Yeah, yeah. They, but they they then they asked for an extraordinary amount for for everything. AG was selling for I forget what it was, some around ten billion or something like that that they billion, were trying to sell billion, it for. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That, and that, if yeah. I remember correctly, and tell me if you remember this. That's what got Tim Laiwiki when he was running yeah. the business operations for AEG because the feeling was he was negotiating yeah. against AEG. All right, sure, well, I'll find a seller. Yeah. And then he found a seller. It was some other guys in him or a buyer that he was going to try to buy. Right. So he was negotiating against AEG, and that's how Tim Laiwiki left. In any event, it's done. The Lakers are staying. They're going to renovate all... So when you buildings. renovate... When you renovate a place like Stable Center, because most people just when they go in and would go, it, you know, it's not like you're going into old Fenway or right. or going into Wrigley Field. Staples Center is still relatively, it feels relatively new and kind of cool and you go in there. When you go to renovate a place like that, what do you, because we're, we're talking about 2000, right? When it was built, 99, 2000, whenever it was. But you go into that, what do you renovate? Is it the food courts? Is it the restaurant that you may put into it? 
fan experience seating i mean what do you what are you renovating in there there's not much you can do kind of with the seating part of it or do you add suites what, what do you do to the renovation lots of suites already but look at the stadiums and the arenas that have been built a lot of standing areas a lot of people congregating a lot of big screen tvs and standing areas club feel that kind of thing they'll probably yeah. do that on some of the concourses they're gonna renovate all three of them completely renovate them change the feel, change the look, uh, and make it seem brand new. Very yeah. much. So you can come in, you know, Jerry Jones wrote the book on that one when he did the Cowboy Stadium, making, you know, a general admission area where you didn't pay for a full ticket, but you could be in the stadium, you know, have drinks, have concessions, and a bunch of big TVs, but it was standing room only, basically. They had that And at, made a fortune. They had that at Fenway Park when we were back there for the World Series, standing room uh -huh. only. Except yeah. I wouldn't pay two cents to stand where they had to stand. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe anybody would pay any money. You couldn't really? see the game. You were up against the fence at the very top row of the stadium. They were behind me, standing there, packed in like sardines. I don't think it'll be like that at Staples. And and look at it like this. When Frank McCord owned the Dodgers, and please, Dodger fans, don't get upset. Please. But it's the <laughs> truth. When Frank McCord owned the Dodgers, Dodger Stadium was deteriorating. It was bad. I remember years ago, I was working on the ticket, and I said, just blow the whole thing up and rebuild it. And people called me and screamed at me, including my wife. And I said, it's it's just a dump. It was bad. But what did Guggenheim do? That place is one of the best stadiums in Major League Baseball, and it's one of the yeah. oldest. Yeah. Because they invested in it. They redid it. Uh, they renovated it. They made it spectacular. That's what's going to happen at Staples Center. What you saw at Dodger Stadium is going to happen at Staples Center. Yeah, so it's not going to be so much the in the look when you look at the Staples Center from a TV viewing standpoint. It's going to look pretty much the same. It's going to be the outer concourses, like you said. They're going to have club areas, sitting gathering areas where people can congregate, and, and probably those you know general admission type of areas there because there's not much you can do in terms of like you said. They have a bunch of suites in there. I think when they built it, they had the most suites of any arena when they built it, and and that was a big thing. Obviously, you're in L.A., so those are going to go quick, and, and they took advantage of that. But there's not much they can do to the internal structure or the look of Staples Center. It's really going to be as you walk around there, hey, I can go sit in here, for, and which L.A. people like to do because that's why you don't see folks until the middle of the third quarter coming back at Staples Center, but like to hang out in that club type of atmosphere at halftime before the game and after the games when we were in atlanta for the super bowl yeah think of that think right. of all the clubs and, yeah. and the restaurants when when you think of it and you'll have a chance to see it this year when you go to sofi when fans are in think of that think of the way that's yeah. constructed there are lounges and clubs everywhere every section right. has its own club every at sofi i don't care where yeah. you sit you got a club and you right. got a club with glass where you can look out at the game. Think of it like that. That's what they're going to do inside. It, it, it'll be magnificent. Yeah, they can do it. And I think that for what they did at the at the Coliseum for for USC and that whole section with the new suite side and the and the press box and the club side, I think they did as good a job as they could with that stadium that as old as it is to make it comfortable. Like you said, there's lounge areas. Now there's a whole triple level of suites and, and, and the lounge area on every level and every section on that side. So they did a, they did a, a really good job with what they had on a, on a stadium that was built in the 1930s 
to do what they did. So I can only imagine how they're going to renovate. And they got the space around it to do some, some cool things around Staples Center on the outer concourse as well. So they can do that. And the last part of this is, you know, Steve Ballmer is building a $2 billion arena. That thing is going to be like a spaceship. That thing will rival SoFi Stadium. It's it's just going to be right. a technology standpoint incredible. Is he building it here or in Seattle? <laughs> I think what it is, it's like when you were young and I was young. You know, back in the day when people moved, they moved their house. Yeah. you they A truck would come and pick up your house and drive it to a new location and put it down. And I think that's what he's doing in Inglewood now. Yeah, Kevin, it's true. That sounds like something out of a cartoon. No, it, Rodney, am I telling the truth? He is, Kevin. He does not lie. Peep, Crazy yeah. to me. What they would do is basically cut your house in half and put it do on it. this giant Put it on a wide load truck. And drive your house to a new place and put it back down. And I think that's what Steve Ballmer's doing in Inglewood. I think he's going to build the arena, but they'll be able to uproot it if they need to and just drive it to Seattle. Well, we are we are just so jammed today. So much to get to. <laughs> Got a little who disc coming up later on this hour. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Chris Broussard will be on at one. Bill Orem coming up at uh, two. And next, let's get into the Dodgers and Giants. Ned Coletti joins us. We know it's hard for you to see. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Let it marinate. Let it marinate a little bit. Oh, Rodney Pete, Fred Rogan. On a beautiful throwback Thursday. Oh, yeah. It is. Yeah, feel it, Freddie. And you know when, when you hear this music, you yeah. know what's happening. You know what time it is, Freddie. Time for the man. Yes. Time for the Godfather. Time for the man in the big chair. Time for Ned Coletti. Ned, how are you? I'm doing good. That was really impressive right there. Chicago 2, probably 50, 51 years old now, that song. that was That's pretty impressive right there. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, Ned. So Trevor Bauer got beat last night. Uh, I think he took it pretty well, don't you? <laughs> you know, guys are going to get beat once in a while. It's okay. It's all right. He's pitched great. <laughs> <laughs> the dramatic pause. <laughs> Yeah, that's all right. You're not going to win every game, man. <laughs> I thought the line went there. Yeah. For a minute. Yeah. Okay. No, but but he, you know he didn't have his he didn't have his command to a lot of pitches in that first inning. But he comes out of the game. It's two to one. You know, is 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 they're in the striking distance. It wasn't like it got away from him. They played forty some games. The starting pitching's job is to give your team a chance to win. I don't know if. I don't know if there's been more than five games that got out of hand because of starting pitching. And uh, you got a lead like that, and you got a, a small lead like that that you got to overcome. You got a bandbox ballpark. Left field is where most shortstops would play in a big league park. So, you know, you always got a chance. But hey, you're going to lose a few games every year. It's just part of the deal. Uh, okay, so they're back home now, and you got the Giants, uh, you know, right back at it in a week. They get them again. I thought they put it on them pretty good the first go-around, Ned, and I think they probably, although the teams are tied right now, I don't think that matters much. Uh, I think they sent a message to the Giants. Do you agree? Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. I think it, you know, every once in a while a team is going to you know, play well out of the gate and, and gain some notoriety for doing so. 
but again, to be able to to play against the Dodgers in the way they set up their rotation, which I thought was masterful, you know, you got to be good. You got to execute. You got to get key hits. And you know, you saw you saw some some uh, softness in a lineup. You saw some softness in, in a rotation and in a in a bullpen. And they got swept. They got swept at home. It ain't uh, you know, it's never good getting swept. It's really not good getting swept at home by your rival, but. You know, Giants are better than they were, I'll say that. But are they able to compete on a daily basis with the Dodgers? I ain't, I ain't buying that. I ain't buying that for a long time. Yeah, and how, how I don't know if you're the Giants or you're anybody else, demoralizing it can be and encouraging it can be for the Dodgers when you are facing early in the season, first couple of months, you're facing all the injuries that the Dodgers have faced, uh, the inconsistency. There's been a stretch where they really haven't played well. And and you got to know if you're the Giants or the, the Rockies or Padres or anybody else in the division and anybody else in the league, for that matter, know that the Dodgers and what they're capable of doing and the run that they're capable of putting together, it's got to be somewhat, demoralize them for it because they haven't played their best baseball and they got a bunch of guys hurt and, and they're going to get these guys back you know with the exception of, of of guys that are out for the season but they're going to get the bulk of these guys back and you just know they're going to play better oh no doubt i mean it, now is the time to get the dodgers yeah but teams can't can't even get them now really you know any team in baseball that would say hey we have a chance to acquire cody bellinger Corey seager and aj pollock uh, and and Zach McKinstry, we we have a chance to acquire those four. Uh, would you want them on your club? I mean, you know, the line is immediate, and that's what the Dodgers are going to have here soon. A couple of them, real soon, and you know that's 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 pretty good right there. You know, they had the Giants come in after they got swept at home by a team, and they they got they got got it taken to them pretty good. And now you're going to have two of those guys back in the lineup, and they're going to take a little time to get readjusted to the big leagues and things like that. But it's not going to take them that long. And I, I think it's you know it, it speaks to the organization. It speaks to how good the club is, how prepared it is for a long season. Yeah, they had a tough 20 game stretch. 20 games is a eighth of the season. You know, and they're 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 going to get better. That's the thing. They're going to get better. You know, they, I got it. I think I always worry about different things. You know, Julio's pitched great. How many innings is he going to be able to really add on to last year and the year before as you as you get deeper into a year? But you know, we see nothing right now that leads us to believe that anybody's going to be struggling from the pitching staff. And I think it's it's you look at the offense, and the offense has been you've been using a lot of kids, noisy home run last night. You know, Rayleigh for a while, a lot of different guys coming and going, giving them a chance to play in the show and give them a chance to get some experience, but. When you had a Bellinger back, a league MVP, and in a couple months you may add a Seager back, LCS, World Series MVP, third as a Rookie of the Year MVP, McKinstry, everything he did, A.J. Pollock led a team in home runs a year ago. You know, any other team that loses those four guys, they're trying to hang on right now. They're trying to hang on and get through whatever period of time they got to get through. Maybe, hey, if we play 500 ball from here on, you know, while we're missing these guys, that's going to be great for us. This team just picks it up and keeps on going because they can pitch. They can pitch and they can play great defense. And they got enough offense to to survive injury, and they got enough offense to to kind of get through it right now with Mookie, who's still struggling a lot, I think, and maybe not completely healthy. And but Mookie, there's said, a lot of talent here. Yeah, Mookie said no excuses. Mookie said, "Don't blame my health. I just haven't been playing well." 
whether it is his health or not, I like that he stood up and said that, Ned. Oh, yeah. He's not an excuse guy whatsoever. You know, I was making a little bit of an excuse for him there, but, you know, that's that's okay. He ain't going to buy that, but that's, you know, he's not a 250 hitter, I don't think, right? I mean, this guy's one of the best in the game. Uh, okay, so uh, Cody and uh, McKinstry will be up here this weekend. And so now what do they play? Does that put uh, McKinstry at second, Muncie back to first, and Cody in center? How do you think that happens? Uh, I think that's how it goes. And I think that um, you know, if Mookie is banged up some, I think maybe you'll see him take a little bit of a break right now. Um, if he's not, then I think you'll continue to, to see the, the alignment that you just, just laid out there. You know, you're going to have to work Albert into into the mix. You know, he's been pretty good, and he drives in runs, and you know, he's played a little bit more than I thought he would. But again, you're going to have to keep him sharp and keep him active. So. Uh, by virtue of Max Muncy being able to play more than one spot and Zach McKinstry being able to play more than one spot, you do have a lot of versatility to it. Finding guys at bats for this club is not like it would be 10 years ago trying to find guys at bats when all they did was play one position. But uh, I think you got a you got a nice system going, and you'll have a chance to play guys all over the place and continue to get Chris Taylor at bats, which is huge. I, one of a, I think he's one of the most valuable players in, on any team. Yeah. And, and on and on, you got you got a lot of different choices every day for Dave Roberts to make. I think he's done a great job doing it. And hey, I'll take good players any day. We'll figure out how to get you time. I'd rather have you than not have you. Hey man, they just came off a split with uh, with Houston down there. A lot of, lot of anticipation for that. I love the fact that the Dodger fans showed up in that stadium to to give them the business a little bit. Um, the, the, again, we talked about it. Not not a great outing for for Trevor Bauer yesterday but they did split with the Astros beat them pretty soundly in that first game does this ever die down Ned the the, the whole thing with the Astros or you know people like to say in a lot of situations time in you know heals all wounds but does it in this situation I don't think it'll ever heal it completely I think as uh, you go 10 years down the road and there's no more of the 2017 Astros playing Major League Baseball and the Houston Astros have a totally different team and pretty much organization yeah it'll be it won't be what it is today but I think a lot of it and Omar Garcia Parra said this many times on our, our pregame and postgame shows we're talking about Houston you know had had that title been stripped from Houston? I think it's a different deal. I think they they come here and yeah, they're going to hear about it. But I think it's a it's a different deal. But when when um, when the justice that was deemed appropriate was was handed out, you know, people didn't like that. A lot of a lot of fans don't like that. I can't blame them. A lot of players don't like that. I can't blame them. So I think that as long as there's Astros from that team active in the big leagues, I think they'll hear about it. And I think they they should hear about it. It's uh you know, it's it. I can't even really comprehend it. Still, that 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 is what they did and how they did it. And we just saw Clayton Kershaw go out there and dominate that team, being four years older than he was. And you go back to Game Five where he threw like fifty-one curveballs and got maybe one swing and miss or no swing and misses. You know, it's it's obvious what it was, and you know it's it's just it's just not right. I mean, you you play all year, you play for decades in in Clayton's case, in Kenley's case, in JT's case, for a chance to win a World Series, and somebody's going to mess with it like that. I, I, ugh, it, 
I don't know. I don't have the words to aptly explain it, how I feel, and I, I probably shouldn't be saying stuff like that in the public forum. All right. Now, before we let you go, something happened yesterday. I found it really interesting. Uh, manager of the Cardinals, uh, Mike Schilt, is ejected uh, because the umpire was the cowboy, and he looks at the pitcher that the Cardinals have out there, and he says, hey, let, let's switch your hat. Put on a different hat because you got some sunscreen on your hat. Schilt runs out there and loses his mind and says, well, you're going to do this now? This is where we're going to discuss this? This is not the time to discuss this. So Schilt gets run. And I'm thinking, well, if the umpire sees that perhaps there's a foreign substance on the guy's hat and has a question about it and simply says, switch your hat so I don't have to eject you, why in the world would the manager run out of the dugout and say, now you're going to do this? This isn't the time oh, yeah. or place. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't understand it at all. I mean, I understand Joe West, and I understand him him making the the pitcher change ahead. I get it. I mean, that's 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 their discretion. And and Joe West, I think he said it too. He said, "Hey, I was trying to keep the pitcher in the game." Yeah, you know. And uh, yeah, I don't know if there's, you know, a lot of times we see flash points, but we don't know really what the path was leading up to that flash point and whether or not this has gone back a year or two and some other things have happened between that crew or Joe and. And the Cardinals, you know, but uh, yeah, I thought I thought Joe did the right thing, you know, and uh, you know, whenever the Cardinals get beat or anything like that happens to the Cardinals, I kind of I kind of do like that though, so <laughs> that was all right. I, I grew up in Chicago, so I, I've, I've I've disliked the Cardinals since I like since I started liking baseball a thousand years ago. I started disliking the Cardinals, and and that's not changing anytime soon. And you know what, Ned, you never stepped to the Cowboy. Don't step to the cowboy, Ned. He'll Don't run you. Don't step to the cowboy. Don't step to the cowboy. <laughs> he, I've seen the cowboy throw fans out of games. Don't mess with the oh, cowboy. Yeah. I just spent a lot of time with the cowboy years ago in uh, you know in Houston or someplace like that where you know the teams I was with we'd be visiting for three days and, and we'd go out and have a cocktail or two and uh, and then you know as my, as my career started to grow I decided I needed to stay away from people that had decision making power. <laughs> That uh, we had no control over, rather than than uh, than have to deal with it on any other kind of basis. Well, since we have no decision making power, we're thankful you come on with us. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure, always, gentlemen. All right. Have a great day and big weekend coming. Gotta love this. This will be a good one. Let's do it, Ned. Get ready for a little throwback Thursday. Who dis? Oh yeah. Never lost. Eight six six nine eight seven two five seventy. You call first caller. Kevin will pick you up, put you on the air. You're playing Rodney and Ronnie. That's next. All the roads ahead. And now another Rogan and Rodney. Oh, yeah. Afternoon delight. Uh-huh. That's right. Today's throwback Thursday edition of Afternoon Delight is Let's Hear It for the Boy. By Denise Williams. This song appears on the singer's 1984 album of the same name, as well as the soundtrack for the movie Footloose. It was her second number one single as it topped the Billboard Hot 100 chart for the last two weeks of May that year. In addition, for being nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Song, it also went certified platinum in the United States while reaching gold status in Canada. Again, today's afternoon delight is Let's Hear It for the Boy by Denise 
Williams. Rogan and Rodney Roulette. Who is this guy? This is who I am. Who is this guy? Who this? It's brought to you by Jacob M. Ronnie. Hey, Stephen and Sherman Oaks, are you there? I am here. How are you gentlemen doing today? Well, we're doing fine, Stephen. You sound like you're okay as well. Yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm just at work. Okay. What do you do? I'm a mailman. All right. We have a lot of uh, we have a lot of yeah. mail carriers that listen to the show, so that's very Absolutely. cool. Welcome to the club. Oh yeah, you guys get it through my day every day. You guys make it through my day. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, we appreciate it. We appreciate what you do. Thank you. All right. So it's who dish. You can yell it out when you know it. Ronnie, you ready to Good go? Good afternoon, Rogan and Rodney. I'm ready to go. Let's play. Oh, he's fired up. Mm. He's fired Let's up. Go. Come on. Let's do it. Let's get it done. I was the first overall pick in the 1999 NBA draft. 1999. 1999. Who is this guy? Kwame Brown. Vince Carter. No good. Nelson Young. Hmm. Who is this guy? I was. Yes. A two-time All-Star with the Clippers. Danny Man. Lamar Odom. It is no good. How about new? Uh, Michael Candy. Nelson Young! Ooh. Two-time. Elton Brand. Elton Brand. Let's do it, Rodney. Keith yeah. Good job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ronnie threw out Benoit Benjamin. It's always, you know what, anytime you can have a Benoit Benjamin pull on the show, it's big. Pretty good, huh? like yeah. that, huh? Two left shoes. <laughs> Mr. Two left shoes. Can't play tonight in Sacramento. Why is that? Yeah, brought two left shoes. That was a good pick by the Clippers. Doesn't he owe like $750,000 in child support, Kevin? Oh, he out of the man's business, have, Fred. He out of the man's business, Fred. Rodney's right. But yes, we may, have, we may have had that at a certain point the last couple of years. Yeah, exactly. Saw that story. Okay. Here's your next clue. I was the 16th overall pick in the 2007 NBA draft. this guy 16th pick that's what i'm talking about not the 12th not no. the 15th gotta go 16 on this one rodney <sighs> who is this guy i was first team all pack 10 twice while playing at usc oh yeah demar DeRozan. no senor! oh no 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 good i do not know oj mayo how about new who is this guy i won Taj Gibson. And it is no good. Gabe Pruitt. No good. I won my only NBA title with the Warriors in 2018. Swaggy P. Nick Young. There it is. Nick Young. There it is. I right. take the see. I take that nickname. You gotta take the nickname if everybody knows the nickname. Kevin. Fred. But I did correct myself. Yes. Yeah, you did. But if everybody knows the nickname, you gotta take the nickname. Kevin. If everybody knows it. Yes, because no one okay, says good. Irvin Johnson. If you say Magic, we all know who Magic is. Correct. But if it's something that's not as obvious, then we can't really work with that. So it's got to be a case-by-case basis. Correct. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Steven, you good with that? Yeah, I'm good with that. All right, here's your next one. I was the 10th overall pick in the 1998 NBA draft. <laughs> This guy. Mm. I made 10 All-Star teams and won one NBA title in my career. Oh. Yes. Who is this guy? I was. Oh. 
the MVP of the 2008 NBA Finals. 2008? Yes. Who is this guy? I was Wait, MVP of the 2008 Kevin Finals? Garnett. Pierce. Pierce. Boom. Paul Pierce. Steven's got it. Paul Pierce. Yeah. Wow. He was played in that. It was, uh, yeah. Threw me off there, Fred. Good pull, Steven. Everybody's get on the board. You're on the board. Yeah. 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 Anybody's game. I played for both the Los Angeles and St. Louis Rams. Oh, yeah. Marshall Falk. No good. Oh. Jackie Slater. No, said no. Uh. Vince Ferragamo. Uh, Todd Gurley. It is no good. Played for Louis, uh, the Rams and who else? Say it again, Steven. Played for Rams and what other team? And Los Angeles and St. Louis Rams. L.A. St. Louis Rams. Uh -huh. All right, here's your next clue. I don't think Vince Ferragamo ever played in St. Louis. I made four <laughs> Pro Bowls. But Jackie Slater did. Oh. I made four Pro Bowls in my Hall of Fame career. Jackie Slater did? Did he? Yes, he okay. played his last year, I believe, in St. Oh. Louis. Okay. Say that again, Fred. Four Pro Bowls in my Hall of Fame career. Oh, yeah. Isaac Bruce. Isaac Bruce Rodney. Wow, nice. Boom, 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 boom. Daddy. Nice. Well done, <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> Are you someone tickling you or? <laughs> Tickling himself. Yes. It happens often when I get right answers. I am a 14-time Pro Bowler and was the Comeback Player of the Year in 2009. Julius Randle. And it is no good. Oh. Does Julius Randle play in the NFL? He's a Comeback Player of the Year. Yeah, not in 2009. Oh, most improved player in the year. Yes. Tony Gonzalez. No good. Wait. Say the question again. I mean, say the answer again. Say the, 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 the clue again, Fred. I'm a 14, say it again, Fred. I'm 14-time Pro Bowler, comeback player of the year in 2009. Ooh. Who is this guy? Oh. I have led the NFL in passing touchdowns four times. At Brett Favre. Alex Smith. No. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Steven is right there. Mm. <laughs> okay. So here's where we're at. Final question. Oh. Rodney and Steven have two. Ronnie, you have one. Ronnie, you get it. It's a three-way tie. Rodney or Steven get it. They win. Let's do it. I have made eight AL All-Star teams in my MLB career. Albert Pujols. No, senor! Yes, Alex Rodriguez. No good! Yes. Who is this yes. guy? Yes. I have won. Oh, yeah. Two Cy Young Awards and one regular season MVP award. Trevor Bauer. How about new? Uh, CC Sabathia. And it is no good. Oh, yes. Yes. Who is uh, this guy? Yes. Mm -hmm. Dennis Eckersley. Clayton Kershaw. No good. No, senor. Yes. Yes. Get ready. Andy Pettit. How about new? Oh, Mariana yes. Rivera. And it is no good. Yes. Good I won a World Series title with the Astros in 2017. Josh Reddick. And it is no good. Oh, oh. Verlander. Rodney wins. 
Never lost, right? Never have! <laughs> never lost! I've never lost on a throwback Thursday. Well, Stephen, uh, thanks for listening, and thanks for all you do out there, man, getting the mail done. It's, 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 listen, it's an arduous task. I, I, I know that people work, no, it is. I know that people that work in our neighborhood, and I'll tell you what, you work. You work out Do you there. say hello to the people absolutely. in your neighborhood, the mail? I know. A person in your neighborhood? Yeah, absolutely. Do you? Oh, yeah. Good, that's good. Oh, yeah. You guys are you, you guys are doing a great job. Thank you for all you do out there. I appreciate it. I, I appreciate everything you guys do for us. Thank you so much. You guys have a great week, all right? You too.